This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. I was not with you earlier in the week. Um, let me give give a big shout out to the National Black Radio Hall of Fame. I was in St. Louis and I was inducted into the National Black Radio Hall of Fame. I'm the youngest inductee today, alongside Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton, um, Angela Yee from the Breakfast Club, uh, Dr. Bobby Jones. Um, icon and gospel and others. So very thankful to the National Black Radio Hall of Fame. I'm very thankful for all of you who continue to support platforms of truth. I will be traveling this week as well to DC. All right, I will give you the update on that very soon. Joining me today, breaking down news of the day, none other than A.B. Burns Tucker, law student and host of I Am Legally Hype. Should be a fascinating Breakdown, top story of the day. Louisiana has decided to transfer juveniles to death row. Yeah, you heard me right. They are transferring juvenile children, kids to death row. Let me do it this way. Let's put up the governor's picture first, because he's the person who literally has to sign off on this ridiculous transfer. That's Governor John Bell Edwards. Governor Edwards believes it's a good idea to house juveniles inside of death row. Let me give you the background to this insanity. Children will be held in one of the most infamous prisons in the country. In the next coming days, according to reports, Louisiana plans to move two dozen children from their current dormitory style juvenile centers to a former death row unit in single metal bar cells with no windows in the state of Louisiana. So Louisiana Penitentiary, which was once considered the bloodiest prison in the South. Experts and activists argue that the move would traumatize the children who are not considered criminals but delinquents, I will explain that in a minute. They are actually under civil arrest. However, the state argues that they have no other space to house the children while they finish construction on another facility and some of them are a danger to others. Let's be very clear, let me start with the legal aspect of this. Juveniles are not criminals, they are arrested under a civil dynamic. That's also why they do not have all of the pleasures of due process. There are some, there's some gray area here for them because they're not considered to be criminals in the same light as let's say an adult. So you have individuals in this country who have committed according to the law and case law, a civil offense. 
being transferred to a prison that was created for people on death row. Let me explain the design aspect. Juvenile detention centers are designed for children. They are. They are designed for children. They are designed for children to be able to have an opportunity to see natural sunlight, to play recreational sports, to engage with counselors. Death row is designed for hardened criminals who the state has decided they are so hardened, we don't give a damn about their amenities, they need to die. That is the reality of these juveniles. They will be housed in a place designed for inmates or incarcerated people who the state has determined should die. There's more. A Louisiana judge, this is interesting, denied a motion filed by the ACLU and other legal agencies to block the governor planned announced to in July to utilize the prison. However, Chief Judge Shelley Dick. Now Shelley is an interesting judge here. According to the report, she reluctantly signed off on the plan Friday. Oh, woe is me. I'm I'm just forced to do this. I'm simply a federal judge with unlimited freaking power over how I decide the case. I'm going to reluctantly do this. Put up a picture of the judge. Interesting. Pals. That's her with Donald Trump, former president of the United States. The prospect of putting a teenager to bed at night in a locked cell behind razor wire, surrounded by swamps at Angola is disturbing, the judge wrote. But the threat of harm these youngsters present to themselves and others is intolerable. So that's the justification, that is the justification. This is not a personal failure of the children. This is a policy failure of their state. That's what's happening here. More commonly known as Angola, Angola has been popularized by many, many songs in the past. After the former cotton plantation it once was, some activists argued the maximum security adult prison is a symbol of white supremacy and racial oppression. Incarcerated men work the cotton fields for pennies a day. It also had the reputation of being one of the most dangerous prisons in the country and is the largest prison of its kind on the planet Earth. It currently houses men serving life and extended sentences. The juvenile transfers will be held a mile and a half from the nearest housing unit. And the windows will be covered with blackout fabric to stop the children from interacting with the male prisoners. How do you think that's going to impact the psyche of children not being able to see outside? It wasn't developed for them to have this kind of cruel and unusual punishment for a civil offense. Remember, juveniles are not criminals. It's a civil statute and they're being housed on death row. Edwards called for the move, the governor called for the move after several escapes and a riot at the Bridge City Center for Youth in Jefferson Parish. 
About 20 children escaped their dorms and took over the facility in June. Then in July, six detainees escaped the center. One of them allegedly shot a man during a carjacking. Officials now say Angola is the safest option for the children. Look at what's happening here. They have a failure of leadership. They have a failure of command. They have a failure of controlling the safety of that facility. So what do they do? They decide to punish all children, all juveniles who are part of this systemic failure. They take no responsibility for what they have done. They take no responsibility for their lack of engagement, their lack of training, their lack of leadership. What is their response? Let's throw all of those children who primarily are from socioeconomic disasters in that state. They are, let's do this with them. Who's gonna care? Who's gonna make some noise where we are? These youth have been increasingly aggressive, wrote the judge. Resulting in severely broken bones, crushed skulls, and broken fingers. Judge, I got a question for you. Did you criticize the leaders of this facility for allowing these things to happen to children? Did you question the safety protocols that were not in place nor activated in the culture of their leadership? I get your words, I understand your words about this is a tragedy and it's unbelievable, unthinkable, but you signed the order, Judge. You signed the order. You're allowing this to happen. It's a tragedy. We're going to continue to follow this story. AB, what are your thoughts here? Well, first of all, I don't agree that juveniles need to be housed in a death row facility. Like you said, this is an administrative issue, right? It's not those children's fault that you guys didn't have your stuff together in that building. But I think what we need to pay attention to is the psychological effect this will have on those youth. If they are acting up in whatever facility they they were already housed in, that means that there's an issue within that facility, right? When you think about the fact that these children are not criminals, right? These are civil offenses that we are punishing them for, which comes to be cruel and unusual. People need sunlight, right? People need opportunity to go outside and interact with other people. That is how we survive as people. I don't know if you've noticed the number of people who have lost their rockers since we have been in quarantine and unable to really spend time with our family and friends the way we need to. Imagine the impact this will have on the youth. We also don't know the age range of the youth either. So that needs to be taken into account as well. I'm gonna just say midterms are coming up. And so we need to be mindful about who we're voting for because these are the people that are making these decisions for our children. Well said, and there is a mandate in Louisiana that these children are to still receive a proper education, constitutionally suitable housing within a facility that can adhere to the needs of that particular population. Do you think death row can do that for them? Of course not. Unbelievable story, but it happened. The cops drove head on into a mother who had children in the car because they thought something else was going down. Let me first do this. Let me take you to the video. These officers, these officers, him here, him here. I'm gonna get my kids. Okay, well, we can get your kids, please. You cannot stop. Am I being detained, sir? Are you walking? No, I'm not. They stopped the wrong person, the wrong person here on Richmond Highway, y'all. They stopped the wrong person. This officer here, 4383, 
head-on collision. I'm sitting at the light. I'm sitting at the light, and he comes and hits me from the front. Hits me from the front, claiming that I was in a high-speed chase. I've been in the hospital having my baby. Having my baby. My baby is a week, six old, six days old today. Yeah, you had the wrong person. Your car. No, maybe it was a car like mine. I, I was in the hospital. If you call Alexandria, I know the hospital. I was in there from the 22nd. Ma'am, they're giving you 30 seconds. Okay, well, I'm going to the hospital. Have a nice life and remember my face because I'm suing. And I'm sorry, brother, you should quit. Did those police seem concerned? that they just caused a major accident with a woman and her children? Did those police seem concerned about the health and the physical welfare of the woman and her children? No, let's put up a picture of the mother. A mother was driving when she and her kids were struck head on by a police car around 10 miles per hour in Virginia. And it was not an accident, it was intentional. Jamie Kimball, that's her name. Ms. Kimball, the mother involved in the collision, had been at the hospital having a child just days before the encounter with the police. What she said was her alibi for the questions about the car. In the end, police publicly confirmed Ms. Kimball was not who they were looking for. Ms. Kimball told NBC that her one-year-old son, her five-year-old daughter, and a friend were simply headed to get groceries. Jamie also posted about the incident. Ms. Kimball said this on Instagram. Help me make this go viral, she said. Six days after my C-section surgery, Fairfax County Police hit me head on collision with my babies in the car, mistaking my vehicle for a car that had been involved in a high speed chase. The day I was at the hospital having my surgery to deliver my son. They had me hold both of my hands out the car window while they pointed a gun at me screaming that I could become a threat if I moved in front of my kids. After searching me in my car and finding nothing, they threw my kids in the back of a police car. And I wasn't even being detained at this point. They had handcuffs on me. When my alibi cleared my name, three day hospital visit, these B words took me out of handcuffs and offered me medical help. Then almost refused to give me the officer's name who hit me head on 60 to 70 miles per hour on a public highway. My two small children were in the back and the conclusion of the accident was that they had the wrong person. Help me and my babies get justice, they are wrong. A F and need to be fired. I agree with her. Now, some people will pick up on some of the very minor issues with the report and her commentary to say, oh, she said 60 miles per hour, they say 10. Okay, well, they both say they ran up and hit her head on. See, that's the part that's important here. There's more. Police did release a statement. Here's what they said. And they only released it, by the way, after she said something. Fairfax County Police got an alert around 3.30 p.m. on October 1st of a felony vehicle with occupants listed as armed and dangerous. Traveling in the area of Richmond Highway, 
and South Kings Highway, officers said in a news release. Police found the vehicle and ran into the front bumper of the car at an estimated speed under 10 miles per hour, then detained the occupants, which were Kimball, two children, and another woman, the release said. Now remember, these are supposed to be detectives. Police officers are supposed to be investigators. If you get a call as a cop, oh, we got a car full of people armed and dangerous. You get behind somebody or you run into somebody who doesn't match the description. Okay, we got a mother and children. That's what we have in the car. So obviously something's wrong here. We don't have what you've described. But instead of realizing or at least acknowledging what they had done, they did not. They decided to still detain the children and put her in handcuffs. Kevin Davis, let's put him up. Kevin Davis is the Fairfax County Chief of Police. No words of any disciplinary action so far by the police involved. We are continuing to follow this story and we'll give you an update as it comes. AB, as a law student, what are issues you see with this case? Oh, well, there's so many constitutional violations because what are y'all searching her car for? Let's start there. Without the probable cause, we clearly don't have a warrant, right? Because you have the wrong vehicle, detaining her, putting her in handcuffs, putting her children in the back of the car and detaining them, right? And the disregard for human life for running head on into another vehicle. Yeah. Multiple issues. Yeah, and now we still have no transparency, no direct apology, nothing from the actual police department who engaged in this ridiculous and potentially deadly behavior. We will give you an update very soon. Herschel Dam Walker, let me put it this way, lying as Herschel Walker. Let me give you the recap first, I be damned, here it is. A woman and Walker conceived a child while they were dating in 2009. He urged her to get an abortion. The woman said she had the procedure and that Walker reimbursed her for it. With a $575 receipt from the abortion clinic, a get well card from Walker and a bank deposit receipt that included an image of a signed $700 personal check from Walker. The front of that card features a drawing of a steaming cup of tea and reads, Rest, relax. The message continues on the inside of the car, recover, okay? It's clear that this is Herschel Walker's signature verified by his own son. And remember, this is only an issue because Herschel Walker is a hypocrite. He says he's pro-life, he's anti a woman's right to choose. As a matter of fact, Herschel Walker is so extreme with his position. He believes even if a child is sexually assaulted and gets pregnant from that assault, that child, 10 years old, 11 years old, it doesn't matter to Herschel Walker, that child should have that fetus birthed into a baby. And yes, I believe the woman is telling the truth when she said he paid for an abortion. I'm not the only one who believes it, all right? His son believes it. There are many who do, and the truth is many Republicans believe it. They don't give a damn, they're gonna still vote for him. Why? Because he carries their water, okay? That's why. Uh, let's go ahead and go to, um, I guess this is a denial, right? On Sean Hannity's show. First question, do you know the woman that is making this allegation? 
I have no no idea, but it is a flight out lie. And uh, and now you know how important this seat is. This seat is very important that they'll do anything to win this seat, lie, because they want to make it by everything else except what the true problems that we have in this country is. Okay. Christian Walker, his son, all right? Uh, we feature Christian Walker. Listen, the man is a Karen, okay? And Herschel Walker knows he raised a Karen or didn't raise a Karen. Because according to Christian, he was an absentee father. Something, by the way, once again, Herschel Walker said, the problem in America, black fathers not being in the household. Talking about yourself, Herschel. Speak for yourself, sir. Here's what he said. Christian Walker posted, you have four kids that we know of. Damn. And you weren't in the house raising one of them. You are out cheating and lying. If you loved your kids, you'd be raising them instead of running for a Senate race to boost your ego. Oh, I got more. This was Herschel Walker's general response to that. Herschel decides to post, I love my son no matter what, okay? That's what he said, I love my son no matter what. Christian Walker, every family member of Herschel Walker asked him not to run for office because we all knew some of his past, some of, meaning they found out some new things while he was running. Every single one, he decided to give us the middle finger and air out all of his dirty laundry in public while simultaneously lying about it. Christian Walker goes on to say, I know my mom and I would really appreciate it if my father Herschel Walker stopped lying and making a mockery of us. You're not a family man when you left us to bang a bunch of women, threatened to kill us and had us move over six times in six months running from your violence. There's another one, it says, I don't care about someone who has a bad past and takes accountability. But how dare you lie and act as though you're some moral Christian upright man. You've lived a life of destroying other people's lives, how dare you? Now that's a hell of an October surprise for you, okay? Now I'm not a fan of Christian Walker. I've heard his commentary, I've heard how he opposes policies that I believe in. That's fine, he has the right to do that. This is an interesting dynamic connected to his father. Because everything he's saying, we already knew. Everything Christian Walker is saying, we already knew. We knew Herschel Walker was lying. We know that he is not an honest person. We know that he has failed to acknowledge his own problematic past. All right, but there's you know this, here it is. You have no idea what me and my mom have survived. We could have ended this on day one, we haven't. I haven't told any stories. I'm just saying don't lie, don't lie on my mom, don't lie on me, don't lie on the lives you've destroyed and act like you're some moral family man. Y'all should care about that, conservatives. And then for people on the left to act as though I'm responsible for all of the things that he has done. 
I've talked about Father Epps. I've talked all these issues because they've been close to me, because they matter to me, because I went through it. That's why I've talked about it. So when you say, well, talk about your dad, I am. I'm saying this behavior is atrocious. Don't come for me. You don't have to like my apology. You don't have to like me. You don't have to. I'm just saying I'm done with the lies. Well, good for you. I mean, I guess you think you deserve a hero cookie for being done with lies. Okay, um, Herschel Walker, uh, he decided to hold a prayer breakfast in honor of white Jesus. And this is it, a banner for Herschel Walker's prayer luncheon that Walker held after the news broke, claiming he paid a girlfriend to get an abortion. Herschel Walker prayer luncheon, welcome. You know, obviously white Jesus covers a multitude of sins. You see that other picture, you see this? This says Herschel Walker held a campaign prayer meeting after news broke that he paid for an abortion. What are they doing? They're laying their hands on Herschel Walker. Now listen, I don't know what you think this is going to do for the man, okay? I don't know if you think this is going to transform him or somehow you feel sorry for him. And, you know, is he persecuted like Jesus? Is that what you're saying? This, this, these are all lies. The man has failed to acknowledge the reality of his own mistakes. Here's the reality I want to express upon everybody. We're all human, we all make mistakes. But when a person fails to acknowledge their errors, it is an indication they have failed to learn from them. A.B., thoughts here. Well, I'm glad they laid hands on him. Just I wish they would have been a different kind of hands because I'm about <laughs> sick of baby daddy Herschel and, baby daddy. Him, and his, him and his son FOS at this point. It's just so funny how I don't even call him pro-life no more. You're anti-choice. You don't want a woman to choose what she does with her body. You don't want a woman to be able to choose that she don't want to deal with you for the rest of her life because you're raggedy. Let's start there. This is a problem when you have people who have no type of background in politics, no type of background in policy running for these important seats. They just come out here and tell you whatever stories you wanna hear. I will be so glad when we stop treating our government positions like they are auditions for love and hip hop. Because mm. these are people's lives that we are dealing with, right? We need people who actually know what they're doing, who have some sense about themselves, right? And some class about themselves. Day after day, week after week, we see how raggedy Herschel is. Now, I don't know if it's all them football hits he took back in the day, but he is not suitable to be a senator. And I hope to God that he don't win that seat. Yeah, well, he was like that back before he played football. Mm. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, okay, we got a lot of show left. Let me remind people of a few things before I read these comments. Very, very big stuff happening. Unbossed with our dear sister, Senator Nina Turner. Subscribe to Unbossed with Nina Turner. Now get ready to tune in daily, live, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time, starting October 17th. Real simple, real easy, youtube.com forward slash unbossed, TYT. She's uncovering real issues that impact us every single day. Make sure you subscribe, you don't wanna miss it. And Mississippi, all right, our brothers and sisters of Mississippi, they have been purposely left behind. But the crisis that's unsolved, we can help, you can help. If each of our viewers will give $5, that's it, $5, we could raise enough by the end of the week to send 100 water testing kits and one truckload of box water to people suffering from the water crisis in Mississippi. 
These are our brothers and sisters, this is our family. Go to tyt.com forward slash relief, tyt.com forward slash relief to make a contribution to the National Clean Water Collective for clean water and testing kits to help those in Jackson, Mississippi. Once again, that's tyt.com forward slash relief. And yes, they have been vetted by us directly, okay? So you can trust them, all right? We got a lot of comments, I'll read as many as I can for the sake of time. Next TYT reporter says, this is called cruel and unusual punishment and is unconstitutional. You're damn right it is, talking about the juveniles on death row, okay? Well, we're bringing light to it now and you're helping with that process. Travel Nurse Dragon, imagine a head on collision with a fresh surgical wound. That's another dynamic here. The woman just got out of major surgery and this happened. No apology from the police department. Natural born Keeler, thank you so much for this. You are mostly respected, Doc. I love your engagement. Well, I take that as a compliment, being mostly respected rather than all the way. I can take 80, 90%. I'm good with that. <laughs> I know that's not what you meant, but I just want to have some fun with you. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. I hate to ask this question, but I wonder what race is of the majority of these juvenile inmates, lack of leadership. Ain't the children's fault. Um, I get what you're saying and, and here's the reality. Regardless of race, here's the stat that we know. The vast majority of those who are in juvenile facilities come from social economic uh, communities that are disadvantaged. They do not have, um, they're not economically rich. They don't have a lot of money. We know that for sure. All right. Uh, Let's go to Straight Talk. Welcome to Indisputable Straight Talk. We appreciate you so much. Um, Natural Born Keela, four months. Thank you so much. Says the doc really gets into the matter. Keep on going, doc, and we will, especially with your support. And Grandma Sunshine Dragon, member for four months. Thank you so much. Um, if the mom had intentionally run to the cops, one of her charges would be child abuse. That's right. And you say, love you, Dr. Rich. I love you back. So spot on. They would have charged her with everything. All right. Fascinating stuff, I got something for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life.
Get it off. You need to go. Get it out. Get out. Get out. You are not welcome. Believe it or not, I actually have more video of this. Here it is. probably don't need the police, but you damn sure need a priest. That looks demonic as hell. Okay, now let me say this about um, those who work in fast food industries. I have the utmost respect for you. I used to work in fast food myself. I've worked as a waiter, multiple restaurants, hardest work on the planet. I respect what you do. You should never have to encounter individuals like this. I will say you all handled it well. You were assertive, you stood your ground, you did not let up. It could have gone much worse for that particular Karen. Here's my recommendation in the future, call the police, call them. Because you never know how someone will end up reacting. They may leave, they may come back. If a person is that violent, that aggressive, that ridiculous and extreme, you do not know what could happen, okay? So I want you to be safe, right? AB, thoughts on this? I'm just like, what in the fentanyl PCP hocus pocus <laughs> remix was going on here? I thought this was a, a preview of the exorcist. <laughs> I, I know it's Halloween, yeah. I wasn't sure, I thought it was a joke. Call the police on Karens, then they'll stop cutting up like that. Y'all had a whole screaming match, should have called the police, let her get handcuffed, see what happened. Yeah. Just stop playing games. There you go. You know, I've seen handcuffs become kryptonite to Karens. All right. Hey, so she just snapped out of it quick. <laughs> there it is. They really do. They start apologizing to everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anti-Karens unite. Go to a different location if you like. I know there's one in Rockingham. Um, Southern Ponds has one as well. But I'm not renting you here. So you're not just a weird too. Ma'am, I gave you a ride to the bank, got you back to the bank, I mean, got you back here. You then said I had a smart ass mouth, and if I was your boyfriend, mm -hmm. you would beat my ass. So I'm not putting you in the car. Not here. Like I said, you can't go to a different location. Completely fine, but if you want to pick up from Larnberg, no ma'am, not today. You, you are a real genuine piece of pure joy. Okay. Yeah, really helpful. Of course, no problem. Yeah, 
I got more video. Uh, now she decides to play the white card. Here it is. I know what it is. I feel offended. Why? I know why you're doing this. Why? Because I'm white. You literally just put a white lady in the vehicle. I know. And then so, you, so what's the problem? Because uh, I'm white and I'm you offended me. What? I feel offended. How? Why? Because. I feel like you're discriminating against me because- Ma'am, you, you literally said, if you were my boyfriend, I would beat your ass. I'll, I'll, I'll see who I can contact. Yeah, call, call anybody. I'm so offended. Okay. What's your name? Trey. Trey. Yeah. You, you, I'm going on TV. Okay, go on TV. Me go on TV. My life matters. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, sure does. I'm so offended. Okay, be that. Oh, yes. Yeah, Trey wasn't having it, okay? Trey made it very clear, well done by the way, gentlemen, um, sir, well done. Because when she said, "Oh, you're, you're white against racist, I mean, you're, you're racist against white people. Well, you just saw me put a white woman in the car. <laughs> uh, and she acknowledged it, but there you go. Let's do this, we'll put up the picture of the person that posted this on TikTok, his name is Trey. This is an interesting dynamic. Now, let me remind everyone, let's keep that picture up, remind everyone. Um, the man already gave her a courtesy. He spoke about this courtesy. He said, hey, I made sure you did this, made sure you got to the bank. But in giving her a courtesy, she decides to make a terroristic threat against him. When you tell somebody you're going to beat them up, that is called a terroristic threat. You can be arrested for it. It's a misdemeanor offense in most states. And Trey, let's put this picture up again. Got some background. Trey. Uploaded this interaction between him and a white female customer after he says she treated him disrespectfully. As a result, Trey denied the woman's service at the Enterprise Rent-A-Car location he worked at. Apparently, Trey has since quit his job and moved to Atlanta. Well, hot damn, Trey, I'm in Atlanta too. So big homie, look me up, tag me on social media, let's connect. Matter of fact, let's bring you on the show, talk about your anti-caring moment there. Okay, let's dissect it. Interesting, good job, proud of you. That's how you handle it. You're respectful, you kept your cool, you explained to the customer and you never, never allowed her extreme behavior to create a dynamic where she won. Karen's have to lose. We heard that from the counselor about Karenicity a few days ago. All right, AB thoughts here. Yeah, shout out to Trey for this one because he handled that very well. It's so funny how Karen's mistake boundaries and self love and self respect for racism against white people. We can't be racist against you. You guys are the racist. That's the problem. And you don't get that. And so you got put in your place on this day because you can't just talk to people however you want to. We're not our ancestors. So I hope she had a day she deserved and I hope she got a ride from a white person who respected whatever BS she was coming with on that day. Yeah, and listen, Enterprise, I gotta say this, too many of these damn stories happening connected to Enterprise. Mm -hmm. It is what it is now. You all may need to look into this, may need to have an anti-caring policy, protect your workers. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay.
The Detroit police, uh, after suffering a mental health crisis, there's a 20 year old man who's now dead at the hands of the police. Well, his family, they're pleading for answers now. This is the man here, his name is Porter Burks. And he was riddled with bullets after police were called to his home. And this happened on Sunday morning at the home of Burks mother, uh, Kiana Wilson. And this is what we know from the Detroit Free Press. Burks, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia three years ago, was experiencing a mental health crisis and got a hold of a pocket knife, Wilson said. Burks' brother called the police so officers could take the knife away from Burks and transport him to a hospital. But unfortunately, according to Wilson, um, Burks, things did not go well. Now, Burks had had previous encounters with the Detroit police and they were aware of his mental health condition. But this time, the police did not respond with the nature of understanding that they needed to. Rather, they responded very aggressively. The grieving mother said that her son was shot over 24 times. Now, Detroit Police Department officials have not confirmed the number of times Porter Brooks was shot, saying only that he was shot multiple times. Now, Wilson said that when she removed the sheet over her son's face to identify his body, she saw at least 15 bullet wounds on his chest alone. Now, the Detroit Police Chief, that's this man here, we'll put him up, James White, says that the department will be reviewing the footage of the event and that the incidents that led up to the deadly shooting, that those two will be investigated. Of course, it's always interesting having law enforcement investigate itself because we know we're not necessarily going to get the full and fledged truth. But in this situation, what if there are anywhere near 24 bullets that were put in this man's body? And we do know that police are alleging that the young man had had lunged their way, but again, it's a knife and also 24 bullets. That seems like a lot, a lot of unnecessary lethal force to take someone down, Ben. It's just so tragic, story after story. It's a pocket knife at that, not even a large butcher knife. You could be potentially actually scared for your life. And you could understand maybe if it indeed is true that someone lunged at you with a knife, You do whatever you can to disarm it. You'd hope a police officer would be trained to be able to disarm. You could tase somebody, you could knock the knife out of their hand, break their arm if you have to, if they're jumping at you. God forbid if it needs to go to the next step, you could use your gun to shoot somebody with non-lethal force. You could could decapacitate them. You do not need in any stretch of the imagination, five, 15, 24 shots, it's just insane. These people are drunk on power and do not value lives of all Americans like they should. It is really scary, it's really sad. I hope they release this footage soon and I hope that justice can be done. The more that we can finally hold rogue police officers, poorly trained departments to account. Maybe eventually, once we see enough convictions of corrupt police officers, of people that cannot handle the power that they're given by the state, maybe we'll start to see some change. But we seem to be a far ways off from that now. Absolutely, because there's no reason you need to unload 24 bullets into somebody holding a pocket knife. Like it just, it, it makes no sense. And I do understand that knives are considered deadly force, lethal force, but at the same time, Unless he's, it's a big knife and the person's a trained knife thrower, it's like really, what are you gonna do? You can't just fire one bullet and see where we're going next. It's just, it's completely and totally unnecessary and it's, it's atrocious, but it is also very much the American way.
Welcome back. Listen, we take what we do very seriously at Indisputable. We wanna make sure we get every fact correct, that we relay the story accurately. I have an update and a correction. So last week, we reported on a story. That story included this police chief, okay? Let me keep that picture up because I wanna make sure we do this right. The story we reported on was about a man that was wrongly detained and strip searched by the Columbus, Ohio Police Department. We made a mistake in that story. At the time of the incident, which was 2019, the police chief was a white male. Elaine Bryant, whom we showed as the police chief of the Columbus PD did not start the first job or the first day of job of her job at that time. And the first black female chief was there until June 2021. We apologize to Elaine Bryant, it was an error. We also need to update that story obviously with the chief who was there, okay? We would do that momentarily, so I'll ask the production staff, make sure I know the name of the chief was the chief in 2019 when that happened. But that's an updated correction to that story. We'll apologize once again to the chief of police. Okay, a lot of comments. I wanna remind people first about Nina Turner, unbossed with Senator Nina Turner. Make sure you tune in, subscribe to unbossed with Nina Turner and get ready to tune in daily 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time starting October 17th, real easy to subscribe, youtube.com forward slash unbossed TYT. And our brothers and sisters in Mississippi, all right? They are facing a significant challenge. This is not a personal failure, this is a policy failure. That's what's happening. We have an opportunity to help. Mississippi has been intentionally left behind with a crisis that's unsolved. If each viewer gives about five bucks, we can raise enough by the end of the week to send 100 water testing kits and one truckload of box water to people suffering from the water crisis in Mississippi. Real easy to do, tyt.com forward slash relief, tyt.com forward slash relief. Many of you wanted to make contributions, many of you did, based on my recommendation of where you should make contributions to. We can continue that effort, it needs to be ongoing, okay? Why, because the problem persists. Okay, this is, an indisputable exclusive. No other news agency has this story nor this video. We have exclusive leaked video of a false arrest being conducted by a Georgia police officer. Let's go to the video, here it is. Now according to the insider, this police officer said that right there, Seeing it happen was an assault. It was battery, according to the cop. The cop engaged in an arrest. It was in fact a false arrest. No assault ever took place at all. It was later discovered because of video footage, the cop lied. What do you think they did with the cop? Let's put up a picture of the cop. Let's do this, okay? The cop, his name is Antonio Vibes. 
okay? Antonio is a police officer, was with the Riverdale, Georgia Police Department. This was at a Walmart. Indisputable obtained leaked video of Riverdale officer, this Riverdale cop, and his false arrest of Mr. Jordan McDuffie. Mr. McDuffie is a black male, wrongly accused of simple battery and obstruction at a local Walmart. This is a cell phone video that captured, it shows McDuffie walking by the officer without touching him, without touching him. The officer, who by the way was standing in a spot that obstructed individuals, decided to effect an arrest. The city has now forced the department to remove the officer. The city said, okay, we're gonna force you to remove him. Let's put the picture back up again. I want you to get a full view of this guy. He was forcibly removed from his post. Now what he did was criminal. Not only did he engage in a false arrest, he provided a false police report. That's criminal action, that's criminal activity. He's the only criminal in this video. The cop was allowed to resign rather than be fired. But you did what? Kept his record clean, kept his record clean. I told you about this one-two combo. Now, according to an anonymous source, according to an anonymous source, his racist behavior did not stop there. This is a direct quote from a police officer who wanted to remain anonymous as to who he is. Why? Because he's afraid of the police. Here's what he said. Vice posted and later removed a photo of a black mannequin with no arms. He put on his Facebook, this is what an unarmed black man looks like. That's what he said. We have more evidence of his behavior while he was on duty and a post from TikTok. Let's go to the video. <laughs> Yeah, he posted that, that's him, okay? The corrupt police department allegation, several black officers, several black officers and residents filed civil rights lawsuits against the city for its policing practices in the last decade, all right? DOJ investigates, investigated the department when Major Gregory Barney filed suit in 2003. Barney was killed in the line of duty in 2016. Very sad. This is from the Officer Down Memorial page. The city audited the police department in 2021. Let's put up, let's keep this picture up. Uh, The city audited the police department in 2021 for allegations of racial discrimination and mismanagement. The city of Riverdale is a small town south of Atlanta with 15,000 working class majority black residents. Did you hear me? Majority African American residents. Despite being a bedroom community, the town has one of the highest crime rates in the state. The cop continued his career getting a new badge with who? Where's he at now? Put him up, Coweta County. Yeah, we found you. The Coweta County 
sheriff's office. This department has decided to give this man a badge. This cop started a company called Blue Light Jobs, which he says helps obtain helps people obtain careers in policing. He posted his Riverdale pursuit footage on TikTok that has nearly 80,000 followers. He often uses the tag hashtag humanize the badge. You see it there of him holding a black child. What a humanitarian. Now, um, officer, deputy, should I say, we found you, okay? I'm not scared of you, I live right here in Atlanta. I may run into you one day, I ain't scared of you. What you did, you should have been arrested for initially. I'm positive this was not your first time simply arresting a black man on sight. Now to, to the person who was your victim, I highly encourage you, sir, to file a lawsuit if you had not have not already done so. You see, cops like this are the reason why we need not only reform, but significant replacement. Systems that protect him are the reasons that the public no longer trusts policing. So I'm not only calling you out for your criminal behavior against the black male, I'm also calling out the systems that decided to protect you. AB thoughts here. I'm just thoroughly disgusted that you just get to department hop after you're clearly racist, you're clearly immature and don't deserve to be a police officer. Who are you protecting at this point? Um, you know, I know that Biden put forth the federal system where we can see if an officer has been um, has had any sort of you know issues at a prior department, but like this needs to be statewide because this is dangerous. And who is doing the background checks for the police departments these days? You know, like back in the day, it used to be so rigorous, um, you could barely get into the police department, and now it just seems like they're giving anybody with a last name a badge. Yeah, and willing to protect them. Now, now I'm going to say this for the record. Here's the reason: it's not just because. They want to protect all cops. There are some cops they would throw under the bus. Okay, mess around and investigate a police officer and see how quickly they throw you under the bus as a cop. Here's why they decide to bring people like that back on the force. When their hands are dirty, guess what you can do? You can manipulate them. You can make them do your dirty work. You can make them part of your corrupt crew because they're just happy to be back on the force. And they are there typically to do your dirty work and continue that ridiculous prejudice and adversarial conduct under the leadership of a new captain, chief, or sheriff. Yeah, I said it. $9 million, a $9 million settlement to a black man who was incarcerated wrongly. Let's put up his picture full mass. Innocent man spent 22 years in jail, has now won a $9 million decision. Patrick Prince said he confessed to another man's murder and attempted robbery after 19, at 19 after being slapped in the face, kicked and punched by retired Chicago police detective, Kristen Cato, who is married to a criminal county judge. Princess is one of the eight cases where people have accused Cato of using violence and intimidation to get a false confession. 
The Chicago City Council agreed to give Prince the settlement award on September 21st, okay? Let me give you background as to what happened with Mr. Prince and how he was actually set up. Police said they received a tip that Prince killed Edward Porter in August 1991. And he had been going around robbing drug dealers and their customers. The tipster told police Porter was on the west side of Chicago buying drugs when Prince tried to rob him. Porter refused to submit and Prince shot him, the caller said. However, a witness gave a description of the lone gunman that matched Haben Linson. Linson was near the scene, but he was questioned and released. Keith Gunn actually admitted, Keith Gunn admitted that he was the tipster who linked Prince to the crime. Gunn said under oath that he wanted to get back at Prince for stealing a woman he liked. He thought the police would just harass him and never thought he would be charged with the crime. Mm. He said, wait a minute, I know he didn't do it. I know he wasn't there. And so um, I did this very evil thing, put the police on him because I thought they would just harass him, inconvenience his life. No, he's a black male. They're going to pin this on him and then they are going to make sure it sticks. They don't give a damn about his guilt or innocence. They give a damn about what? Their own bias and racism. That's what they cared about, that is their God. Their own prejudice to take away a human being from society because you worship not values or a God of values. You worship the God of your racism and ego. And you behave in that manner. Prince had requested to the judge during his pretrial hearing to suppress his confession. He testified that Cato barged into his girlfriend's house, pulled him from his bed with his gun drawn and took him to the police station where he beat the confession out of him. Cato said another man, Jeffrey Williams confessed to giving him the murder weapon. Prince's case went to trial in 1994. The state initially sought the death penalty, but he was convicted on August 24th, 1994 and sentenced to 60 years in prison for murder and 25 concurrent years for armed robbery. Prince fought his conviction for several years. Even without an attorney at times, the National Registry of Exonerations shows. In April 2017, think about how much time has passed. April 2017, a Cook County Circuit Court judge granted the petition Mr. Prince filed in 2014 for a new trial. Local prosecutors dismissed the charges the following month. They knew immediately this was a bad case. Here's the reality, they knew it was a bad case back then. They knew it was a bad case when he told the judge how it happened. But remember the cop who did this was married to who? A judge. Prince received a certificate of innocence from Illinois in 2018 and the state compensated him for more than $226,500. He filed the lawsuit the same year. The Chicago City Council agreed to pay a total of 25 million to Prince and two other people last Wednesday, including a $15 million settlement to the family of a civilian killed during a high speed chase in Chicago. Chicago officials said the city could have doled up to 25 million to Prince alone if the case had actually gone fully 
to trial, right? So they knew how wrong they were. Once again, systemic corruption, racial bias, it impacts us all. This is not just in a vacuum. These things degrade the condition of our societal construct. Don't believe that just because it has not happened to you that it will not impact you. So we highlight these stories to make sure you are aware of the systemic injustice that takes place primarily against individuals who are people of color. AB, thoughts here? Yeah, you know, this one hits close to home because my brother is on his 16th year of being wrongfully convicted. And one thing I can say is that there's not an amount of money that could ever fix what you lose when you are wrongfully convicted in prison. Okay, you have to take into consideration all of the stress that comes with that, the dangers that you're dealing with, the birthdays that you miss, the births, the deaths, everything has been missed that no amount of money could ever pay back. This is why we need more oversight. This is why we need better legislation when it comes to police officers and their interrogation practices, right? Because this happens far too often. And now we are seeing these cases from the 90s finally being overturned. I'm glad that in this case, they dismissed it immediately because there's so many counties in the United States that will fight tooth and nail knowing they are dead wrong to not overturn a wrongful conviction. At this point, it's time for the federal government to create a department under the Department of Justice to literally look at all cases in this country that are problematic prosecutions, problematic convictions. It's time to do that. It is time to free American citizens. It is time to free those who are on American soil and convicted simply because they did not have money or influence. It is time. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of these comments, don't have a lot of time. Okay, Mickey C the Silverhead Dragon says, I don't suppose they would investigate his past arrest. How many innocent people are in jail due to his false arrest and lies? And it, did the town have a, a high crime rate or a high rate of false arrest? Boom. Boom, there it is. Okay, this is an update to a story I reported some time back. And I actually said, I believe this cop was targeted by cops and killed. Well, guess what? It's looking more and more like that. A police officer was killed during a training exercise by other police officers. At that time of the reporting, I said, that doesn't seem right. It seems as if something else is going on here. Well, it looks as if he was actually trying to expose other police officers for their crimes. And he was killed by cops during a training exercise. Let's go ahead and get into it. Here's a video of the attorney. In July of 2021, four police officers were involved in a sexual assault of a woman in the Los Angeles area. A report was taken by Officer Tipping, and I've seen that report. And the female victim claimed that she was raped by four different people, all LAPD officers. She knew the names of some of those officers because they were in uniform and they had their name tags on. And that name of one of those officers with the name tag seems to correlate with one of the officers that was at the bicycle training. You're alleging that that officer 
is the one who heard Houston Tiffany. Correct. And you're, but you're not confirming or alleging that, that there might have been other officers who, who jumped in. I cannot allege that because I don't have enough facts to say that one way or another yet. There's much more. Let's put up the picture of the officer who was killed by four police officers he worked with. His name is Tipping, a five year department veteran died May 29th, three days after a training accident occurred at the department's Park Academy. At the time, the LAPD claimed Officer Tipping was a bike instructor engaged in a training scenario involving grappling with another officer during which Tipping fell to the floor and suffered a catastrophic spinal cord injury. Let me just remind you of how sick these people are. I believe they killed him intentionally, I said that on day one. Think about what they had to do to get him there. Think about the deceit in order to lure him into a false sense of protection. Into that geography, think about the officers who decided to coordinate the schedule so they could all do this to him at the same time. So they could alibi each other and say, "Oh no, it was an accident, we were all there. No, you all did it. They knew they could not simply kill him without there being suspicion. So they did not do it in secret, they did it in the open. Thinking it would somehow deflect from the obvious. The county coroner also stated the spinal cord injury as cause of death and ruled it an accident. Well, damn, the coroner is in on it too. However, Tipping's mother, it's always good to have a good mama. Tipping's mother alleges her son was repeatedly struck in the head severely enough that he bled during an activity that simulated a mob attack. And that he suffered multiple breaks in his neck, which caused his death. Tipping's family filed a lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles in June, alleging wrongful death and civil rights violations. Let's go to Bradley Gage here. He's the attorney on record representing the family. Claimed, he claimed Tipping's death occurred due to his investigation of cops. Who gang raped a woman. These were four LAPD officers. This happened in 2001, according to the attorney. According to the attorney, also, the LAPD claims there was no incident report regarding the alleged rape. Okay. Now, here is the attorney's response to one reporter's questioning of the conspiracy. Here it is. You're alleging a conspiracy by police officers to either scare away another officer from an investigation or pretending on what he told investigators. Or if he doesn't do that, we're going to take this guy out. I'm certainly alleging that at least one officer engaged in a use of force in order to try to scare or harm Officer Tipping in order to prevent him from further investigating crime break. During this training accident, do you have a confirmation that that officer who is part of that investigation was the one grappling with Tipping, doing these things to him at that point? We do have some witnesses that indicate a correlation and we're still investigating that further. Let's drop the correlation. I'm asking a direct question. Are you saying this officer who was accused by Tipping 
in that investigation was the one who actually was involved in grappling with him, inflicting the injuries that would have caused his death. I'm yes saying that our investigation indicates that yes, it was. I stand with the attorney and his conclusion. We have more information. Here's more information. Additionally, the autopsy. The autopsy found broken ribs that appear to be from a Lucas device, which is an automatic CPR machine. The problem with that is other medical reports show the Lucas device was actually never used. You see, they didn't get their lives right. Gage said he has not been able to speak to any of the paramedics about the treatment that was given to Officer Tipping. He said, and I quote, I have not done any depositions yet, but we do have statements we've obtained from various sources. The attorney has raised other questions as to why a camera was not recording the day Tipping died. LAPD claims there was no video taken this day, even though it is normative for video to be rolling. We don't believe that's accurate. Um, Let me say this to your attorney, let's put the attorney's picture back up. I wanna say this because I appreciate his fight and I understand the target that's on his back right now. Um, Dear brother, there is a video. I'm not sure who will send it to you or maybe they will send it to me. But not too many people in this country are willing to play that video. I will and I'm sure you will too. Don't back down from them. They will utilize various tactics in order to scare you, to scare your family. A coward dies a thousand deaths, but a man dies one. I appreciate what you're doing here. This goes much deeper, I believe, than any of us could ever imagine. Remember, someone out there, according to the allegation, was raped by cops. There's a victim here, maybe more than one. All right, AB, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, with all these lawsuits that we have going on with the LAPD now, we can probably save a couple of hundred thousands of dollars by just giving them white sheets and masks and yeah. horses and um, you know, torches, tiki torches. So we can just see what we're up against at this point. Yeah, that's real. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. Okay, in the interest of time, let me remind everyone of Senator Nina Turner and her show, Unbossed. But Nina Turner, make sure you subscribe. Let's do that quickly, okay? Let's make sure we make that happen. Real simple, real easy. YouTube.com forward slash Unbossed T-Y-T. And to that story correction, the police chief in Columbus, um, his name is Chief Thomas Quinlan. All right, that was the police chief. There he is. The incident happened back in 2020. All right, Detroit, isn't this interesting? Detroit cops decided to do this to a student. Here it is. Let him go. Let him go. Why you grabbing him? I said, why you grabbing him? Let him go. Let him go. 
Let him go. Let him get his ID. You're not telling me what to do. Bro, Sam, let him go. Why you got to grab him like this? Yeah, you've been hitting me. I didn't Why you got to grab him? I didn't touch you. You've been grabbing him. You've been pushing me. You don't let him go? You don't let him go? Pushing me. Hold on, hold on. Fourth, you let him go? Pushing me. Would you let him go? Hey, he pushing me. He says on me. You let him go? You nothing to him. You holding him, though. Hey, you got to tell him. Let him get dressed. Let him get his ID. Right. You're not going. I'm telling you, too. You better just stand up here. No, I'm recording right this is going viral for sure. I'm doing this cool, bro. For sure, is. Check the ID, bro. Tell me if it's fake or not. Tell me if it's fake or not. That's his only ID. Open up your wallet. That's my only ID. Okay. That is my only ID. Look at it. Doesn't matter. Look at my ID. Write it down. Relax. Hey, I'm getting racially profiled today, man. Relax. Crazy, man. Hey, get your ID. Get your cards, man. Read the names on the cards if you want to know my name. This is the third time in a row. Third day in a row. But I'm saying, why you gotta be so aggressive with him, though? I'm not playing. Because if, if you want, if you want, if you want no police officer, you want me doing that? I'm not. I'm telling you. Come on, keep his ID. That is there, right? Can you get his ID? Though? I'm not playing. Can you get his ID? I'm not playing. I'm suing. I'm suing the out this school and this whole gym and whoever wants to stand behind him. Go ahead. I am. Thank you. Okay. As a college professor, things like this boil up my blood. Let's put up a picture of the steel. This young scholar should have never had this happen to him. The people who witnessed this should not have had to go through the experience of witnessing one of their college classmates endure harassment. Let me give you the background, we're gonna keep this picture up. Oakland University, which is a public research university in Auburn Hills and Rochester Hills, Michigan. It is the second largest university in the Detroit metropolitan area. The black student population is made up of about 7.8% students in the facility. Oakland University has not yet released a public statement regarding the incident, which has gone viral. Shame on you for not clearly being a student advocate and standing up for the students who pay your bills. Yeah, the students pay your bills. That's your number one obligation. On a college campus, those students, they are the lifeblood of that institution. Without them, you are nothing. Let me give you details from Black With No Chaser. Imagine being racially profiled while on campus. It says of your school for three days in a row. That's what, that's what has happened to this young brother at Oakland University. After being accosted by the police and being forced to show his ID, only to then be accused of it being a fake ID. Who in the hell makes a fake college ID? Even after proving that he was in fact a student and proving he is who he said he was, there was no apology, no remorse for the way in which they had profiled him. In the video, one of the officers pulls out a taser and the other tells the students to calm down. All right, let's go to the Oakland University police chief here, all right? Yeah, him, okay. We need some answers here. These are black scholars, black students. They are to be treated fairly. AB, thoughts? Every police chief we've seen today has been white. 
Okay, and the people that are getting harassed have been people of color. Like, let's just be honest about what's going on in our policing system these days. As a mother to a young black son, he's only four years old and I have to teach him now. The only thing you say to the police is, hey, and if they have other questions, I'm going to get my mommy. I just pray for these young boys in this experience because I know this is not gonna go away anytime soon. Yeah. But child, I really hope we can get some reform in our policing system. Farewell said. A.B., always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. You can follow me on I Am Legally Hype. I am on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And thank you so much, Dr. Richie, for having me. Thank you so much, dear sister, we really appreciate you. Twitchuation Room is next. Remember, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. <laughs>